Good afternoon. This is Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise, where we talk about stuff that is of interest to an embedded developer. And that could span, oh, medical, industrial, automotive, and everything in between. I'm here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast. And this week, my Embedded Executive is Mike Schnecker who is a business development manager for Rodi and Schwartz. Hello, Mike, how are you? Good, Rich, nice to be here. Good, well, thank you very much. We'll see if it's still nice to be here when I get done with you. Um, what I wanted to discuss with you, and you know, I've seen your bio and I know your area of expertise, and I, um, it's physical layer testing and, and compliance for automotive applications. This is something that's likely pretty Greek to your base standard engineer who has to do this stuff. Um, what are some of the real big challenges, hurdles that somebody will face in, in this process? Yeah, so, um, you know, a lot, I think a lot of engineers are familiar with physical interfaces. Interfaces, things like you know RS two thirty two and um, and I two C where you have these serial interfaces. Um, the real big challenge in automotive applications is you're trying to transmit data across basically a twisted pair of wires and usually unshielded. So um, there's a lot of challenges around that, trying to make sure that it's going to work reliably in a pretty harsh environment. When you say challenges, can you be more specific? What are these challenges that you're referring to? Sure. So there's there's two big challenges I think that you have to face. One is um, when you're transmitting data on a pair of wires that's not shielded, um, it can actually generate interference that can interfere with um, wireless systems in the car, radios, um, you know, even you know crazy things like the um, automatic door opening and things like that. Um, so you want to control EMI. One of the big issues is trying to make sure that these wires don't transmit. And uh, the way they tend to transmit is what's called common mode. So you transmit data differentially on the two wires. You want to make sure there's no common mode interference coming out. That common mode is the big problem. And that's really one of the biggest challenges in terms of just qualifying these interfaces, making sure that uh, that level of interference is minimized. With all due respect, it seems like what you're providing is the easier part. Finding, finding the problem is probably, the, or fixing the problem is the hard part. You're just telling them, hey, you got a problem here. What, what's next after you tell them you got a problem? Right, so absolutely. I mean, you're right, you're right about that. So the industries, you know, obviously the measurement industry does test things, but we also have tools that allow you to, to kind of track down and fix the problem. The problem with common mode is really making sure that you, know, you got a plus and a minus. You gotta make sure they're lined up in time. And oscilloscopes, for example, are great instruments for doing that because you can actually measure the exact amount of delay between the two. And usually it's a matter of rerouting things um, on a PC board um, or just a new connector, making sure the connector is quality is good. So these things can be fixed, but you got to know they're there and how much you need to do to fix them. Do you find that this is analogous to some other application? Like if I'm really good at uh, industrial systems at high altitudes, or I'm just sort of making that up. Um, does that make me more inclined to be able to find these things in an automotive setting? 
Yeah, I don't think there's a big difference. I mean, you're trying to do things like, you know, again, measuring skew. That's pretty commonly done in a lot of different interfaces and a lot of different applications. Even guys laying out PC boards for computers have had to deal with that for years. So it's not it's not a new thing. I think the hardest thing is the the amount of skew you can allow is very, very small. So you can't get away with much. And, you know, on the same token, the, the transmission, the, the, the waveform that's transmitted on these cables, you're actually exceeding the bandwidth of a twisted pair. So you're actually transmitting a distorted waveform down a, down a cable. And what you got to do is make sure that the distortion is well understood because the cable is, is a linear device, just a piece of wire. So you got to make sure that the transmitter that you have is actually working exactly the way it's supposed to. The wave shape is perfect coming out so that on the receive side, you can compensate for the cable. Uh, by the way, this has been done for 20 more, 20 plus years for um, Ethernet in your PC, that connector on the side, that thousand base T. It's transmitted the same way. So we've learned a lot through that technology and we're applying it to the automotive. But we're talking about signals that are pretty small. And as we go forward, they're getting smaller and smaller. So pulling signal from noise seems like it would, it would be getting harder and harder. Um, well, I guess, you know, noise is less of a problem here. Um, the signal amplitudes are, you know, in the volt range and they're not going too far. I mean, maybe, maybe 10 feet on a big one, right? So you can, you can handle um, a fair amount of attenuation. It doesn't really get you into the noise. Um, receivers are getting very good um, and the technology has been around and it's getting better and better to, um, you know, pull the signals out of noise, but also to equalize signals to actually undo distortions that are done on the, uh, on the, on the medium. And that's where we, automotive uses just a lot of that to, to get the signal open, uh, the measurable at the receiver. Let's say. Is that your nice way to tell me that I test like a dinosaur? <laughs> well, if you're using stone knives and like bear skins and stuff, yeah, you probably should update, you know, but um, I think that, uh, yeah, the newer scopes, newer technology for measurement is probably going to be, be necessary only because of the tolerances that you need to have. So your old uh, analog, you know, scope that you were using that you probably have hidden underneath your table somewhere, probably not going to, you know, cut it for this kind of thing. Okay. Where does 5G fit in into all this? It, you know, I, I see it being used more and more in, in the automotive space. Does that make it easier, harder, or neither? Everything makes it harder, right? The complexity goes up. But 5G is a huge part of this. So um, when, when I'm talking about um, physical layer on the Ethernet part, that's actually a wire inside the car, and that's mm -hmm. systems talking you know, within the car. 5G essentially allows you to take the information out of the car or bring it in from outside. So you're actually, for example, might have um, uh, cars talking with other cars. Hey, I'm over here. I'm going this fast so you can avoid him. Um, sending information down, maybe programming updates. 5G is, is, um, is the main wireless communication that they want to try to use uh, between cars and also between cars and the, uh, the public network. But isn't that another so cause of, of interference with within the car? Well, yeah, absolutely. You got transmitters in there, so you got to make sure that they're not stepping on each other. You got you got RF coming from um, from the from the from the five G transmitter. Depending upon the band you're in, that's a couple of gigahertz, maybe up to six gigahertz, and then you can also be in the uh, millimeter wave region. Although I think that's less likely for cars to be used because of the movement um, problems. 
Um, and that's another issue where you have to make sure that the internal systems like these wires transmitting high-speed digital aren't going to interfere with the 5G. So yeah, it's a big interference problem. It's something you have to measure and understand and try to mitigate for sure. So does that mean test the automobile as a moving target? Um, in what... In and well, a car is always a moving target, right? Because you're driving around. But uh, yeah, so um, test is a big part of it. I mean, really um, understanding uh, the sources of interference and minimizing them is definitely a challenge. Um, in automotive, you know, companies that are building cars, this is kind of getting new to them. I mean, they're they're mechanical guys, right? So they're learning a lot about um, RF and interference that's new to them. Going back to my days as a dinosaur reference. In the old days, it was, it was always a test was not taken seriously enough and left for last. Is that still the case, especially in the, in the automobile, or is, is it now part of the process? So test is becoming more part of the process. And the reasons for that are number one, um, it's a lot easier to mitigate early in the design process when you, when you have design changes you can make and you haven't built hardware, right? So most companies are moving tests up a little bit in the process. Also, don't forget there's regulatory issues, safety issues. It's really important that things are pretty bulletproof or you're gonna have a lot of issues down the road with, you, know, you expect self-driving car not to hit the other cars. You certainly don't want that to, that to happen after you deploy things. So try to move tests up. Although I'll be honest with you, I think a lot of folks still try to push it to the end. You know, they still try to wait until everything is done and then test it that way. But um, they've, they've learned and, and are learning that earlier is better for sure. Very good. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate you taking the time to educate the audience. Thanks, Rich. And, uh, you know, I'm also a dinosaur. So nice to have another dinosaur talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That was Mike Schnecker. He is a business development manager with Rodian Schwartz. And I am Rich Nass with Open Systems Media.